November 22, 1963, changed the world forever. The President of the United States was gunned down in broad daylight as Secret Service agents, spectators, and cameras looked on. The government gave its official theory, but forensic missteps, ignored evidence, and claims made by insiders have sparked 60 years of conjecture. The theories may seem wild, but with so much evidence, folks are still asking who really killed the president in Dallas. This week's episode is The Conspiracies of the JFK Assassination. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinister Well, you made a new friend doing research <laughs> for this one. I did. That's my favorite part of uh, t- revisiting a topic because, you know, we covered this back in episodes 25 and 26 uh, for our Jovember F. Kennedy, yes. our first <laughs> special month. Uh, but, yeah, I went on down to the grassy knoll and sidled right up to a folding table with a gentleman who had a number of items. <laughs> <laughs> And one of those items was the folding table that he supplied himself. Yes. The city of yes. Dallas does not provide those for people down there. No, they so do if not. you're going to set up shop, it's a whole, you know, it's a lot of effort. You got to cart all your stuff down there yourself. You got to stand and tell people the truth. Anyone that walks up, you know, it's, you're, you're, and it's all unpaid except yes. for. <laughs> When so a gracious person like you comes along yes. and buys everything on the table and encourages those around you to also yes. buy. he This man made the biggest sell of his career when he showed up. <laughs> went to the Sixth Floor Museum and then just went over to the Grassy Knoll and around the corner kind of where people think Abraham Zapruder was filming, there's this table and I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> and a man with a DVD player, you'll hear all about it in the episode, but I, uh, I still have my all the documents I got, all the DVDs I got. I uh, I cleaned them out. I'm like, do you take credit cards? He's like, I got Cash App. I'll like even better. Let's Cash <laughs> App. So uh, it was worth every penny. But uh, we this episode is special because we also have a video version of it that is coming soon. We we don't have the footage yet, but that you see Christy and I walking across the stage with mics and we have a slideshow and everything. We just don't currently have the footage. But if you want to be notified when we get the footage, you can head over to our Patreon and join for free. What we're going to do is post it for free. You don't have to pay or anything. But that way, if you go ahead and sign up for free on Patreon, as soon as we have it and it is edited, it will go straight to your email and you get to watch it and uh, and follow along. But in the meantime, my slideshow, I put my slideshow on YouTube. So <laughs> if you're not and listening on YouTube, go to YouTube. Even if you were at this show, which we recorded live in Dallas in October, a few weeks ago, I believe some new slides have entered the chat uh, (laughs) that have, that came about because of jokes that were made during the show. And now you have since created what we can all agree is what really happened. And you'll hear in the episode, (laughs) our our new theory is, um, it's 100% Proof positive. I, yeah. I, nobody can disprove it. And Heather now has archived video or <laughs> photographic <Photos>. evidence <laughs> 
of this. <laughs> yes, it's definitely, there'll be like an Easter egg because if you watch just the live version where we're performing on stage, it's the standard slideshow that I made, just the facts based on the script. But that's the magic of a Sinister Head show is that we don't know what jokes we're going to make. So mm-hmm. I could not pre-prepare, pre, the word is prepare. I could not prepare uh, the, the, <laughs> the jokes that we made. <laughs> pre-prepare. <laughs> but it was very fun uh, syncing up so that you all, you know, you don't want, we don't want you to be lost uh, uh, following along some of these theories and charts and stuff. So if you go to YouTube, there's a slideshow version of this with some Easter eggs that are not in the video version. And that's up right now, currently on our YouTube channel. So just go to YouTube.com and search Sinisterhood. And let me know what you think, because there's also a different Easter egg that I didn't even tell you about that's in there. Uh, (gasps) Oh, I'm going to have to go to our own YouTube (laughs) channel. And while I'm there, I can check out all of our Freaky Friday interviews that we've done with guests, too, and uh, a bunch of other fun videos that Paris has made. Oh, so many videos. But yeah, so go over to uh, to YouTube, y'all, if you're listening on a regular app. Or if you – you can go ahead and listen to the audio, but don't miss it. Don't, I, we'll post them on our social media as well. I will post some of the slides on there because I don't want them to be missed at all. <laughs> but we <laughs> the timing of this, this. <laughs> Yeah, I worked hard on But the timing of this is actually uh, fortuitous because mm-hmm. it is – we're coming up on the 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination on November 22nd, and there's – banners up in Dallas. The city really tries to, I think, commemorate it and bring it, make it a learning opportunity instead of just a a memorial to hate and death and destruction. It's more like, what can we learn from JFK's life and what happened to him? So there's all kinds of stuff going on. It's wild that it's coming up on 60 years sixty, and we still don't have proof of what exactly happened. There's been no confession or, you know, I mean, right. For the government to keep something under wraps like that for 60 years, it makes me question, well, if they can pull that off, what other lies and secrets can they pull off? I think so many constantly all the time to our every day, all the time, everywhere, 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 all the time, all at once, whatever. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, that's yeah, that uh, pretty much. Yeah, so he's like, uh, I don't know. You, you seem like a rational person. I'm like, wait till you hear me scream about JFK and the military industrial complex, which oh, is this man. episode. So uh, check it out. Enjoy. If you're in Dallas, uh, check out the link in our episode description. We'll put an article from the Dallas Morning News with all the there's uh, screening, film screenings, there's lectures. They're going to have a special events at the Sixth Floor Museum. I'm sure that my buddy with his folding table is going to be out there so he'll be there he'll be he's not going to miss it so (laughs) that is uh that's all in the episode description but you'll hear and so what do we think what we think uh and let us know if uh if you think uh, we're on the right track if our friend with the folding tables maybe got some uh some legs to his theory yeah and if you're in dallas and you or even if you're you haven't and you visit the sixth floor museum is a great museum oh yeah so even i know a lot of people that live here and have never been, this would be a good time to go because like you said, they're doing extra events and lectures because we are coming up on the anniversary of it, 11 Just like the uh, Stephen King book. Yeah. Well, which came first? <laughs> I think the assassination did. And then Stephen King shortly thereafter. But yeah, that's a, uh, this is our take on the more because you if you listen to the J- JFK regular episodes, we, the shrimp dart theory very funny and some other uh, more logical theories. This one we we dove in, we got we we brought up aliens. You know we did. <laughs> 
We have to. What are we? And are we not going to bring up aliens? Yeah, and it's like not even that we invented the alien theory. We just found it because, of course, it exists. When there's twenty five thousand books about a subject, it covers it all, and so do we. So we hope you enjoy the conspiracies of the JFK assassination. Hello, hello, hello. Can you hello. hear me? Hello. How's it going? Thanks for having us. How do you like, you ready to hear the truth tonight, today, this afternoon? I don't care what time it is. You're going to hear the truth. The I tr- like the size of this stage. Yeah, I was like, I'm about to move around. I feel here. like I need to, yeah, like use all areas We're going to use it. the space. We're going to use the space. very big. Feels good. We have some sodas here. We got if some water. If I could water. do gymnastics, I would. My toxic trait is if there was a trampoline, I think I could complete a front <laughs> flip and you would all be very impressed at my style. <laughs> Yeah, clap for the yeah. imagination. Thank you. You imagine it. Clap, it would be great. But the show would not happen because no. we'd be at the emergency room. Yeah, because so I thank you. broken my ankle. And Ella asked heels. me if I could do a cartwheel the other day, and I got this far. And I went, no, I can't. I It's so much scarier as an adult than it was as a kid. When you're a grown-up and you have to think about launching your full body weight forward where your head is kind of first uh-huh. and only your weak, weak wrists are there to protect you. I was like, you. there's no way I can support my body no, with my weak arms. I'll just crush my head. Yeah, you had a manual override going on. We're on the opposite side. I know we are, which is throwing me off. It is normally, so- we're on the other side. <laughs> it is throwing well, me off, too. My plug over here, so i got to stay plugged. So huh? my plug is here. Uh, Oh, okay. To show you the evidence we've gathered. Oh, have we gathered? Have we? Some evidence. Gathered. Uh, Some evidence. I don't know if you guys know this, but a president was assassinated in our city. Just one, though. No big deal. We don't like to brag about it. A lot of other presidents have come and successfully left. Yeah. But they always one bring up the one. Though. They always bring up the one. Uh, but on a serious note, it was a really big deal in Dallas. My mom grew up here. And when I was in sixth grade, we tried to go to the sixth floor museum, which is what they changed the school book repository into a place where you can buy T-shirts, which is good um, to, to show you the truth. She had a panic attack in the elevator landing before we could even go in. She couldn't. And it, I was 12, and it was, like, one of the first moments of empathy I remember, like, having to have. Because usually your mom, you're like, Mom, you're so embarrassing. Stop it. But I could see, like, when the elevators opened and we were on the sixth floor, something clicked in her brain, and I was the age she was at when, she, when it happened. And she looked at me and was like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't do it. And it was one of those first moments as a kid where I was like, I can't be a dick to my mom right now. <laughs> and I was like, you won't make me mad if you don't go. I love you. And she was like, okay. And she just sat on the bench, and later she's like, thank you for doing that, because I would have lost it in there. <laughs> <laughs> No, but for all, I do want to say also thank you for these friendship bracelets. I stole yours. Here, let me give you this. Here's okay. this. Oh, who made this? Uh, shout out if you handed us this bracelet earlier. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It says my name. And then yesterday, a Melody, if you're here. Melody, shout We got out. some other very cool bracelets I that say our name on them. How you would make it to do that because it is like not only a bracelet like i love our friendship bracelets i am able to make these but melody made us one that's like woven and it's intense and i'm obsessed with it i love it so much ella can make these i cannot her tiny little hands are much (laughs) she can manipulate the things much better than i can oh man well the truth that's why you're here today (laughs) but first we can't get to that until we go over what the government wants you think really happened so Take it with a grain of salt, what we're about to show you. 
On November 22nd, 1963, President John F. Kennedy, his wife Jackie, and Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson and his wife Lady Bird arrived in Dallas, Texas as part of a five-day Texas tour. The Kennedy-Johnson ticket had barely won Texas in the 1960 election, and in fact, Dallas had voted red. Kennedy was hoping to smooth things over between the Democratic Party and a very conservative Texas, while also raising campaign funds for his 1964 re-election campaign. And that's why he chose Lyndon Johnson as his running mate, because it kind of helped out with the South. Lyndon Johnson, murderer, is located right here in this official photo from the WhiteHouse.gov. I don't know. Are you a murderer? We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> At 11.40 a.m., the presidential motorcade departed Love Field and headed for the Dallas Trademark. A custom protective bubble top had been made for the president's convertible. But because the weather was so nice that day, it was decided they wouldn't use it and would instead ride with the top down. Some lessons you learn the hard way, you guys. Yeah. yeah. And I can't imagine the president being this accessible in this day and age. Honestly, even at the time, it was wild. You watch some of the footage from back then, and again, I'll ask why this happened, but the Secret Service was kind of told to stand down. Kennedy did want to have, he wanted to be an accessible president, but to the point there's a video of a Secret Service agent that day going, because they push him off the limo. He's like trying to block the president, and they're like, get down, get down. He's like, this is what you pay me for, okay. And you know, later he's like, "Mm mm-hmm. (laughs) Y'all push me off. Now what? Sinisterhood will be right back. At 12.30 p.m. Central Time, the motorcade entered Dealey Plaza. Between 150,000 and 200,000 people had come out to witness history as the president and the first lady passed by. Eyewitness accounts, pictures, and film from that day show that the group started out in high spirits, As the motorcade turned left onto Elm Street, Nellie Connolly, who was also riding in the presidential car with her husband, Governor John Connolly, turned back to President Kennedy and said, Mr. President, you can't say Dallas doesn't love you. That didn't age well. (laughs) The timing. President Kennedy agreed, saying, Oh, you certainly can't. These would be his last words. Moments later, as the convertible passed by the Texas School Bic Depository, shots rang out. And this photo was taken, they said, one minute before the first shot was heard. And so you can kind of see Nellie Connolly's smiling. And she went on CNN with Larry King in the 90s and talked about how she didn't think it was just one shooter. And she was like, nobody can argue. I was in the car. So she knows. She I probably. would trust someone that was as close as you can get without being a victim. Literally. To know what had happened. The president was rushed to nearby Parkland Hospital, where he was immediately taken into surgery. The staff performed a tracheotomy and cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Sadly, their efforts were futile, as it was declared Kennedy's condition was moribund upon arrival. At 1 p.m. Central Time, JFK was officially pronounced dead. And the footage at the Sixth Floor Museum, they have a whole section on how everybody found out. And there's really eerie footage of that day where they're like, and you, ma'am, where are you from? And she's on some live show and she's like, oh, I'm from Denver. And I'm really excited. They're like, excuse us, pardon us. We have a brief news bulletin and just had to stop everything 
And you just, everyone's kind of like, what? It's almost like that photo of George Bush getting the news about 9-11, uh-huh. where it's such well, a he's banal- reading to the children <laughs> exactly. at an elementary school, and he just goes, huh. <laughs> anyway, huh. the brown fox Did continued. I do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't even announce it to the public for about 15 minutes later, because they had to figure out what the next step was. What were we going to do? Was there a national threat? Were we going to ring in LBJ right away? Right. And LBJ was not near this area. He was off safe. They said he was hiding in a room off safe. Interesting, you know, to be safe in a room at that time. (laughs) 80% of the people in attendance that day reported hearing three shots fired. According to the Warren Commission and the House Select Committee on Assassinations, Kennedy was waving to the crowds on his right with his right arm upraised on the side of the convertible. When a shot entered his upper back, penetrated his neck, and slightly damaged a spinal vertebrae in the top of his right lung. The bullet then exited just beneath his larynx, nicking the left side of his tie he was wearing. He raised his elbows and clenched his fist in front of his face and neck, then leaned forward and to the left. The Warren Commission goes on to say that Governor Connolly was also hit by the same bullet. This would become to known as the single bullet theory, or as it is more commonly known today amongst conspiracy theorists, the magic bullet theory. And uh, talking about lifting his arms up like that, there's shots in the Sapruder film that we have one in here that his arms are up like that. And it's when you get a uh, cervical spine injury at like C6, they said it causes something called Thornton's position and you're, it's just without... Uh, a, it's reflex. A, a reflex. You yeah, can't just, even control it. And yeah. so it's a strange thing, and people will ask why his arms were up like that, and it's because that's where the bullet hole hit. Mm-hmm. Later, they would try to tell you it was in his neck, but your body doesn't do that when you get hit up higher. I would imagine if your neck has been severed, you would lose control of these limbs right? immediately. A week after the assassination, newly appointed President Lyndon Bean Johnson created the Warren Commission, named after its chairman, Supreme Court Justice Earl Warren. The purpose of the committee was to investigate the assassination. Ten months later, they presented their findings that Lee Harvey Oswald had acted alone. Just handing over this book of lies to LBJ. (laughs) But it's very important to note that right behind LBJ in the bow tie is Alan Dulles, who is the former CIA director, and he's former because JFK fired him (laughs) because he wouldn't listen to JFK, so they were kind of uh, beefing over power struggle, and then he gets to be in charge of saying the official story of what happened. That is so many white men in one picture. Too many. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine too many, I would say. Yeah, so many too many. <laughs> As a nation mourned, they were also having doubts about the government's official statement on the matter. The Warren Commission's quick conclusion did not hold up under scrutiny. Critics chastised the commission's failure to cite ballistics experts and took issue with former CIA director and known enemy of JFK, Alan Dulles, steering the commission's results. There was also the ridiculousness of the magic bullet theory. So Nellie Connolly said that John was directly behind Kennedy. The Warren Commission tried to say, oh, Connolly was over a little bit. That's how the trajectory worked. But the photos you see, both of their elbows, like in this picture, are over the edge of the car. And so because of that, that's where they want you to say that the bullet went, which is why you have... I don't know a lot. I'm not a ballistics expert, but... 
I know how um, marbles work and there's yeah. things that go down <laughs> that, you know, my, like my kids have. And that's what this seems like. Yeah. Like it would be like a like if you shot a bullet out of a crazy straw. Yes. This <laughs> they're is like, perhaps the trajectory it would have taken. <laughs> but otherwise, even if it were to like hit the side of the convertible and ricochet off, like there wasn't damage on that side. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to indicate like this could have even possibly happened. No, it's definitely more of a like lie <laughs> yeah we can try to put a bunch of fancy sat words on it but at the end true. of the day it's just a lie it's <laughs> similarly the public learned that the commission failed to review autopsy photos or reports which further weakened the american public's already low faith in their findings like the assassination much controversy and conspiracy surrounded the autopsy of jfk Rumors began to circulate that it hadn't even been the president's body on the autopsy table. Casting more suspicion, the military confiscated all of the x-rays and replaced them with artistic renderings. Even more bizarre, in 1966, JFK's brain disappeared from the National Archives. To this day, no one knows where it is. Have we checked with Nicolas Cage? (laughs) He was like Nicholas Cage or Jack White. I feel like those two are eccentric <laughs> enough to and have enough money to have purchased something like that. Nicholas Cage stole it and sold it to Jack White. Probably so. Probably. Yeah. He's or very they have like a custody situation. In one week, one gets hit, and then the next week it goes to the other person. Like house. I need to take it with me. But they at the time the the official stance was, well, it's really upsetting photographs, and they are very upsetting. Photographs. They are very upsetting, Ex- and we have not included them for that here very they reason. Are. No. Yeah. Here's the autopsy photos. Uh, No, they're very upsetting. So they said, you know, we want to preserve his legacy, which is fair enough. But what wasn't fair is that an autopsy legally under Texas law had to be completed here at a Texas hospital by a Texas doctor. And basically the Secret Service came in Parkland. And as the doctors were, you know, examining the wounds, they were writing down what happened, this, that and the other. The Secret Service was like, drop your pins. We're taking them. And just rolled them away. And what do you say when a bunch of dudes in suits with guns are like, we're taking this body? You just go, oh, I'll just fill out okay. the paperwork later. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> I'll write a book 32 years later. No it tells everybody what really happened. <laughs> right? They always wait. <laughs> a 2013 Gallup poll revealed that 62% of Americans believe there was a broader plot to kill the president that goes beyond Oswald being a lone shooter. As the first bullet hit JFK, the motorcade was passing in front of a grassy knoll on the north side of Elm Street. Some witnesses believe they heard the shot originate from behind this area and claim to have seen a puff of smoke rise up over the bushes. And this is the so-called badge man picture that was taken by Mary Mormon, the Mormon photo. You always hear it's M-O-O-R-M-A-N. But it's a person allegedly behind this fence and... That's the face. So, What are you laughing at? The clarity of this um, image yeah, that clearly there. shows exactly what we're trying to say? You can see his face. 100% of the features are there. You just aren't looking hard enough. So. I'm going to do something I've never done and get my fan from off stage. Go for it. I'm gonna, oh, oh, wait. So then I have them alone to talk about oh. JFK theories? <laughs> Don't let this outfit fool you, you guys. So I'm not really past- getting a fan. Heather wrote into the script, now is when Christy leaves so I can do my type five about my shrimp dart theory. <laughs> I was like, uh, turn up the heat really hot so she'll have to leave the stage. <laughs> yeah, don't let this nice business casual outfit fool you. I am full on Dale Gribble mode right now. Um, my primary source was Richard Belzer's book, 
UFO, JFKs, and what they don't want you to know. Um, but this is one of the theories that if you go down to the grassy knoll, and we'll talk about some friends you can make down there, but the standing behind and over, and it's also sort of corroborated by the fact that when the shots did ring out, you saw earlier that photo, everybody ran that direction. So saying that that's exactly the shooter may be a bit of a reach, but saying it is likely that a shot came from that way based on the trajectory and on the police officers, veterans of World War II that were there that all acoustically said it was that way. And then we're later told, no, nah, it was all from It's hard there. for that many people to all have the same opinion without having, like, you know, gotten together ahead of time to pull one over on the government. <laughs> right. And by, back then, all these, it was, I believe, 80 sworn statements from witnesses on the grassy knoll were taken by, like, Dallas police patrolmen who... I mean, unless they got some sort of a, uh, a, a rules in advance of like change everyone's statement, but they were just their job was just like, "What'd you hear? Okay, and then yeah. write it down. All right." <laughs> when the Dallas police searched the area, they found three tramps. The three tramps has become the name of those three in the JFK literature. So, so that's what they call these folks here. They found them in a railroad car. However, the three men were suspiciously clean-shaven and well-dressed, leading conspiracy theorists to speculate that they were actually CIA assassins in disguise. Supporters of this theory tend to use the infamous Zapruder film, which captured the assassination, to bolster their claim, pointing to the fact that Kennedy's head moves in a backward and leftward motion after the bullet's impact, Apparent proof that he was shot from the front as well as from behind. So they called them the, the three tramps because they were trying to dress themselves to look like unhoused people or like down on their luck guys. And that kind of became the moniker in JFK literature and the archives. But they look like they've had recent shaves and that those are just like, they're like, just must the jacket a little. That's how, yeah, I mean, they could be... Uh, a celebrity in today's age mm -hmm. like that jacket like is Pete Davidson I would take that jacket and the guy in the front the front I'm like he could swag. be yeah he's got some swagger too yeah like Jeremy Renner in the front same with the second one honestly Pete the back Davidson one, not my type no I was gonna say the back one kind of looks like Charlie Day from Always Sunny in that <laughs> new movie where he's got the hat on oh so we've got Dennis <laughs> Dennis Mac Mac and, and Charlie, Charlie. oh god so we we've solved it <laughs> we've solved it they're That's how the all Always Sunny guys are time travelers they went they back are. they did this and they came and gave us one of the greatest shows That's it. in American history they well, were like we changed the course of history twice. <laughs> Perhaps Oswald did kill JFK, acting as the lone gunman. That does not mean, however, that Oswald was the mastermind behind the assassination. It was no secret that powerful entities like the CIA, Mafia, and KGB all had issues with the president. JFK, he said he wanted to. Splinter the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the wind. Similarly, it was well known the CIA had been trying for some time to assassinate Fidel Castro and that JFK was tired of the antics. And that's a really sad part, too, that the CIA was like on multiple occasions would just say, oh, a leader of a resistance or a leader of a foreign country, just go in and murder them and doing it without JFK's knowledge. And then when he found out, they said, I think it was Lumumba when he found out that the CIA had assassinated them, he just started sobbing. It was like, I had no idea. Like, that's not how I want to get foreign policy done, which is to go in and stomp on people. I want to make connections. And for that, let's see what happened. Well, and to the public, he's 
the top tier. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going to blame him. But in reality, if you don't know what's going on, it's like, you know, when your manager, you, yeah, you do something at work and you and you're, everyone's like, well, the manager's really responsible. It's like, and you're like, well, I didn't know Heather was stealing from the till, but okay, I guess I'll get fired. Stealing from the till and committing political assassinations. <laughs> you would never know. Yeah, you would. You would know if I was doing that. You'd be like, she was wacko. She was running around the stage yelling about aliens. <laughs> of course she did. She was a second away from slipping. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. There was also a rumor that one of the tramps found on the train was E. Howard Hunt, a former CIA operative who had been involved in the Bay of Pigs. And again, it seems suspicious that Alan Dulles, former head of the CIA, had been appointed to the Warren Commission by LBJ. Indeed, rumors circulated that perhaps LBJ's desire to move up from vice president to president was so strong that he was willing to do the unthinkable and orchestrate Kennedy's murder. Well, I'm not saying he didn't do that. There's evidence. (laughs) Perhaps the KGB was seeking revenge for the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. Oswald was a known communist and had defected to the Soviet Union for several years, possibly allowing him to make KGB connections. Up until his own murder, Oswald vehemently denied being the shooter or a member of the KGB, claiming that he was, I'm a patsy! And was being targeted because he used to live in the Soviet Union. It's a famous moment where they sh- stick the cameras right in his mouth, ma- uh, right in his mouth, right in his face, and he's like, "I'm a patsy, I'm a patsy." But he had been well documented, uh, you know, going around oh, making it was friends. No, it was no secret he uh, was a communist who had been to the Soviet Union. Just mm-hmm. the day after the assassination, there's recorded phone calls of him calling people in the KGB and kind of vague questions like. Are they sending something from Washington? Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Just let me know if I should be on the lookout. But Mm -hmm. they said, yeah, he was doing like micro dot, like little spy things that he wouldn't have access to as an average Joe. He was getting access to somehow, some way. Perhaps all three came together. Mm -hmm. Robert Kennedy, the U.S. Attorney General at the time and JFK's younger brother, was leading his anti-mafia crusade turning up the heat on organized crime. This led to an increase in the number of prosecutions of senior mafia figures. Frank Regano, an attorney who represented Teamsters President Jimmy Hoffa, wrote a book in 1994 in which he alleged that Hoffa asked mob bosses Santos Traficante and Carlos Marcello to arrange JFK's assassination. And then Sam Giancana later admitted that the three of them all worked together. Marcello and Traficante were known CIA assets that had been used to do arms deals in Cuba. So it was a lot of this stuff where the CIA was like hydraing over to the side and plausible deniability. The, the JFK's like, not JFK, Eisenhower, the Nixon, the presidents before him and said, you do your thing, don't really tell me what's going on. And they, would, they were operating that way and making a lot of money that way, the mafia getting paid by the CIA, and then Bobby Kennedy's like, not on my watch. So suddenly, they're real pissed. It's also rumored that he's got the brain. Yes, yeah. That, that he, he's the one that took the brain. Yes. So it's somewhere in the And Kennedy. then he sold it to Nicolas Cage, <laughs> who then sold it to Jack White. <laughs> That's where they stole it from, is Bobby. <laughs> Taking the conclusion of the Warren Commission that Oswald acted alone... The book, Conspiracy of One, the definitive book on the Kennedy assassination by Jim Moore, 
argues that the evidence of Oswald's guilt was in his hands as police ran up the stairs of the book depository just 90 seconds after shots were fired. Officers found Oswald in the building's second floor cafeteria, four floors below from where the shots had come. Oswald seemed calm and was drinking a Coca-Cola. Moore wrote, This holds the key to his guilt. Oswald was a Dr. Pepper man and would have only selected a Coke from the machine if he was nervous and in a hurry. For this, Moore speculates, Oswald no doubt mentally kicked himself for wasting a nickel. So no. that's probably what was on his mind. That was what was on his mind. I pushed the wrong button. This was in the sniper's nest, and it was a, do- a bottle of Dr. Pepper that was empty and a bag of chicken bones, and that's Dallas Police Detective Marvin Johnson holding that. So that was further evidence that so Oswald is in his sniper's nest perched up. And Eating he's chicken. Going to town, as one does. Drumsticks out the carton. The greasy fingers before you have to do a First bolt of all, action that's, rifle. If you're going to have to shoot a gun... And be accurate. A greasy drumstick is probably the last food you should eat. Like, it's probably drumsticks, hamburgers, pizza, any Greek yogurt, because that shit gets everywhere. Yeah. And then it, you, that shit gets all over the gun. Oh, like, you, if he was eating Greek yogurt in a second, he would have been gone. apprehended. <laughs> they would have caught him. But yeah, that is. this is still along the lines of Oswald was the shooter theory. So if you, there's nothing about Dr. Pepper in the museum, but if you go to the museum, they will tell you that the, Oswald was a lone gunman, and it will say a couple of references to researchers. Researchers believe that the grassy knoll, there were shots. Researchers believe, da 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 The researchers that you seek, I want to make you aware, are out front. Uh, they're on the grassy knoll. Heather made a friend. This the is my other friend, day. Mark, you guys. She, uh, she went down to do some boots on the ground investigating yes. and came back with $50 worth of DVDs, pamphlets, and printed out um, documents. Paris, are you here? If you're, if you're in the room, will you go to our hotel room and bring my Dealey Plaza bag? You've got about a half hour to get back. I'd like to show my <laughs> pamphlets to the people. <laughs> Um, and we'll bring it to the meet and greet afterwards as well. But yes, if you go up, this guy's name is Mark Oaks. He's credited on Channel 4 News as a local historian a lot. So we'll call him a local historian. And he has a plastic six-foot table space and then a TV tray. And then He's be- got to bring all this himself. So they don't oh. provide it down there for these people. I think the only reason he's allowed to have it is the First Amendment, is that you can't <laughs> say, oh, this is public ground, get off. We don't want you saying that. So he's set up behind what he thinks is the real sniper's perch. So he thinks it was one of the next theories we're about to tell you about. His DVDs are incredible oh yeah yeah yeah. we watched them the other night and um they're from 1992 and they have never been updated and um a lot of it is just him filming with a camcorder a tv yes that was showing an interview and then that's was put on a beta tape which then was yes. digitalized and is now played in the year 2023 yeah. on uh, PlayStation 5. Yeah, it was How far we've come. To think about the old video camera that he was like and put the <laughs> and then was and now we were we just let it play on there. It was a blank DVD when it came out of the package, but the package certainly isn't blank. It was typed partially in Comic Sans font, partially in Courier <laughs> And then it came in a, um, a bit of a plastic Ziploc bag, like a gallon Ziploc bag with like files. And he was like, oh, the documents you need are inside. The documents inside, photocopies, 
illegible. Email printouts from message boards from 2001. Very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> and also, half of the DVD was just him filming the documents that he also provides with the DVD. But half of it was cut off every time. Yeah, you So really, you couldn't ever fully, which is probably why he provides the documents, so you can get the full picture. See, we're right. We're, we need to he give him a little bit more back. credit. He was like, I could refilm this. No. Nah. I'll just print them all out no. and stick them in there with it. Yeah. No, the best part is he'll tell you everything graphically, regardless of age. So keep that in <laughs> mind. I'm 36, and so I was like, tell me more. And then the little kid next to me heard the truth and he was probably about eight or ten and he had to ask his mom why won't they tell us the truth inside the museum and she went well there's a thing called a conspiracy theory and some people believe it and i was like well it's the truth and then that's not my kid so i left some believe oswald was not the shooter but instead the task fells to seasoned hitman and father of actor Woody Harrelson, Charles Harrelson. Woody has captured our hearts from Cheers to Zombieland, but his father was famously convicted as the gunman who carried out the first ever assassination of a federal judge, the Honorable John H. Wood Jr. in 1979. Throughout young Woody's life, his dad was on trial or in jail at various times for murder-for-hire schemes. During a six-hour cocaine-fueled standoff with police after killing Judge Wood, Harrelson admitting to killing the judge as well as JFK. This led many conspiracy theorists to believe Charles was one of the so-called three tramps. And that's a comparison of the two of them. The hair people point to often as being the little curly cue in the front. Um, a lot of people have that. Could so. be. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Maybe. maybe. If, yeah, if, I mean, about 40 pounds heavier, perhaps. But, but maybe, yeah. However, Charles Lauder later walked back this confession, claiming it was more indicative of his drug-addled state, saying, At the same time I said I had killed the judge, I said I had killed Kennedy, which might give you an idea of my state of my mind at the time. He suggested that his confession was, An effort to elongate my life. Even so, conspiracy theorists haven't let it go pointing out that Charles matches the tallest of the three tramps based on forensic imaging. Well, we can debunk this one because that is Rob McElhaney from Always Sunny, the <laughs> yeah, tallest of the three figured tramps. figured that out. Uh, but yeah, that would, he had very famously killed that federal judge, and people were like, no one would do something like that except the Kennedy assassin. And he was like, I did it! But he six hours is a long time to be on cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not, and... On in a standoff with police, you know, <laughs> true, I mean, true. six hours on cocaine alone. It's a lot. I might admit to killing JFK, but if I'm also in a standoff <laughs> with police, exactly, there's no telling what I might claim. <laughs> For sure. I created the world. <laughs> I'm God. I've been posting notes. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> if not Charles Harrelson, another famous dad may be to blame. During the 2016 presidential race, Donald Trump claimed there was a fact about his opponent, Senator Ted Cruz, that nobody talks about. His father, Rafael Cruz, was photographed distributing pro-Castro leaflets with Lee Harvey Oswald in New Orleans in 1963. The disgraced former president, who is currently facing 44 federal charges and 47 state charges, all felonies across four criminal cases, got this information from the National Enquirer. This is the best news source. Trump defended his source on, where else? Fox News. 
All I did was point out the fact that on the cover of the National Enquirer, there's a picture of Rafael Cruz and Crazy Lee Harvey Oswald having breakfast. I had nothing to do with it. This was a magazine that, frankly, in many respects, should be very respected. They got OJ. They got John Edwards. They got this. I mean, if it was the New York Times, they would have gotten Pulitzer Prizes for their reporting. Round of applause for that impeccable Trump impression. The story has been widely discredited. Yeah. Now, Love it. Uh, Love it. I would like to say sometimes the National Enquirer does get it right. Yeah. You know, usually if somebody's cheating on somebody, it comes out in the you Enquirer know. first. Yeah, but they got OJ. What does that even mean? I guess. They certainly didn't apprehend him. Was it the publishers from the National Enquirer in the cars behind (laughs) the Bronco? (laughs) They caught him. They did the standoff. I think it came out that Trump was buddies with the people that ran the Enquirer. So he was trying to pump them up. He was trying to pump his buddies up. But you can't. I mean, people say it could have been Charles Woodson. I'm sorry, Charles Harrelson. Charles Woodson is a beloved Dallas Cowboy. It could have been Charles (laughs) Harrelson. And he was a convicted hitman. He admitted to it. And, you know, he's got his famous son. He's in Cheers, Natural Born Killers. Or could it be Rafael Cruz? He was seen with Oswald. People said it looked like him. And his son is a Zodiac killer. So. It runs in the family. Makes more sense. Seems like it makes more sense. Sinisterhood will be right back. The so-called mortal error theory says a ridiculous accident is actually what killed the president. It has been well documented that JFK's Secret Service team was out drinking and partying until 5 a.m. the night before his death. The motorcade and festivities kicked off at 7 a.m. A staffing switch was made the day of, putting Special Agent George Warren Hickey Jr., normally a mechanic for the crew, in the car behind the president wielding a new AR-15 rifle. Hickey was not familiar with the -the state-of-the-art weapon, and the theory goes, was feeling nervous and very hungover and shaky. If you've been out (laughs) drinking till 5 a.m. and then you gotta be at work at 7, you've maybe taken a shower, maybe a power nap, but you know, you get the shakes. You had a morning drink. Yeah, you had a morning. (laughs) Like bourbon or something? Yeah, you take a shot. This theory proposes that Oswald's two shots were the catalyst for the third accidental bullet. After Oswald fired the first shot, Agent Hickey was photographed with his head turned back toward the book depository. Rifle in hand, Hickey stood on the seat cushion as the second shot rang out, hitting Kennedy and Governor Connolly. As the presidential limousine sped up, the theory supposes Hickey lost his balance, fell back, pulled the trigger, and shot President Kennedy in the back of the head. Which, don't stand on the seat cushion in a moving vehicle, but I guess it's just pandemonium. Also, don't go out drinking until 5 a.m. if you got to protect the president the next day. Right? Yeah, they were drinking over and over in your hometown in Fort Worth, in the Fort Worth bars, and then, yeah, 7 a.m. rolls around real it's fast. It's wild, wild west out there. I'm not <laughs> surprised by that one they were bit. In a saloon spinning they, into oh, a platoon. 100% they were in a saloon with peanut shells covered all over the floor, <laughs> which up until a few years ago, because they got sued because everybody kept slipping and falling, several restaurants and bars there still alive. Yeah, what a place I grew up in. (laughs) It is where the West begins. It is where the West begins. 
A memo from JFK to the CIA, dated just 10 days before his assassination, was made public in 2011. In the short two-paragraph memo dated November 12th, the president ordered the intelligence agency director to gather all high-thread cases and debrief them on all unknowns in the CIA's files relating to UFOs. Author William Lester told Live Science, If Kennedy had gotten some level of control of this issue from NASA or the CIA, who's to say he wouldn't have disclosed that information to the American public? Who knows where that would have led? Well, we figured it out. The guys from Always Sunny came back on a spacecraft. Yes. Landed. Yes. Assassinated the president because he was about to spill their secrets of what's going on down there. Because we all know they're in the ocean. They didn't come from up above. They're in the ocean. Yes. That is how they got here. But this memo was like a huge, they call it the burned memo. And the person that revealed it alleged that it was taken from uh, a big pile of documents that the CIA was burning, routinely burning. So that's cool and fun. The amount of people in this case that are like, so anyway, that's when I shredded my notes. You're like, wait, what? And then uh, you have to ask, well, if you shredded this, what else have you shredded? What else have you burned? What else are you keeping from us? Interesting. We know those aliens are down there under the ocean. Just give <laughs> us a general, like, you know, swath of area. Is yeah. it like Bermuda Triangle? Yeah. So we can take it upon ourselves to do a little investigating. So we can send Victor Viscovo <laughs> down there. We're taking Victor Viscovo down there. Or... He takes us down He there. takes us. We're going to have to get a bigger one of those little thingies because it was pretty tiny. I think we're going to need a bigger submersible. <laughs> Author of Behold a Pale Horse, Bill Cooper, claimed that JFK was assassinated by a gas pressure device given to the driver of the limousine by aliens linked to the global elite shadow government. Why? Because Kennedy was willing to tell the public how the U.S. government had been colluding with aliens since 1954 when former President Eisenhower had met with an alien ambassador. For real, though. For real. I mean, it makes sense they would have ambassadors. Most countries do. Right? So why shouldn't someone just from another galaxy <laughs> exactly. have one? We need to greet them warmly and say hello. New goal. Galactic ambassador. Oh, my God. You'd be I so gotta good. I got to add it to my bucket list list. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> the Texas School Book Depository is now the sixth floor museum dedicated to Kennedy's life and assassination in Dallas. The exhibits include reference to additional shots and possible shooters on the grassy knoll in opposition to the official U.S. government position. Museum curator Gary Mack told CNN, The conspiracy theories are still around because people don't know what to believe. Even admitting that he... I'm not satisfied with the official story. And he runs the museum. He's a curator. That made so much sense when I found that quote because I went there the other day, took this picture. That guy wouldn't get out of the way. That's why there's a shadow. It's fine. <laughs> I was like, no, don't worry. You're good. You're good. Uh, awkward, though, because I came at like four and they close at five. And when I came in, the woman was like, just so you know, we close in an hour. You won't be able to see everything. And I said, I only need to see one really specific part for work purposes right now. And she was like okay, all right, sure. And I was like, thank you so much. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to look at the history of his life. I don't need to see everything. I just need to see the truth. I just need this one wall that's dedicated, which clearly other people were interested in too. Exactly. You captured it. I was impressed. A ton of people were stand, standing there. And if you can't read it, it has the Soviet government, KGB, Cuban government, like CIA, the far right, because Kennedy had run afoul. Uh, there was pamphlets handed out before he got to Texas that said wanted for treason. 
So that's pretty incendiary language. Um, and then Oswald and Jack Ruby, the Oswald, the um, JFK movie theory, which is like the New Orleans crime syndicate and all that, that's on there too. But they, they don't hide it from you. They just don't give you the full truth. <laughs> Leading forensic experts agree that regardless of who pulled the trigger or triggers, it could not have been Oswald acting alone. Despite that, in 1988, the Department of Justice officially closed the inquiry into the assassination of President Kennedy, concluding, No persuasive evidence can be identified to support the evidence of a conspiracy. Well, clearly they haven't Where gone to the Sixth Floor Museum There's or a whole to our, wall. our presentation today. <laughs> I think I've... We'll get to it and so what do we think, but For I have sure. a plan. I you have, have a, a plan, and it involves Mark Oates. Oh, we got this. Or at least just, uh, we're going to use his idea of packaging some materials oh, together. we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to create say, a like, docket. It's hard to say for the in 1988, the Department of Justice say there is no persuasive evidence when you have people. Are you all familiar with Cyril Wecht? He's like the forensic pathologist. You can hoot and holler if you are or stay silent if he's not famous. But he's a big JFK person. So I was like, I'm going to look up JFK, Cyril Wecht. Here's what he likes to do. He likes to bring people up on stage. And there's so many videos. You're, he, now, Wherever which he do goes. you want to be? Which do you want to be? Does he let you pick? Do you think? <laughs> Is he like, who do you want to be? He's, he sizes are you up you and Connelly he's like... Are you or are you JFK? You're more of a JFK. You're more, you're of, more a of a Connelly. Yeah. Yeah. But he, I mean... You so think that guy brought that hat or that's part of the demonstration? <laughs> he said, should I leave it or take it? And Cyril was like, take it off. He was not take wearing Take it off. Connelly wasn't wearing one. We no must head. be as accurate as possible. You will now, woman, up. you sit here. Uh, you get to be Kennedy. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's hard to have those two juxtapositions where you have a world-renowned, if eccentric, expert who knows the science part of their shit saying, here's all these, the facts, and then in our face, the government's like, nuh -uh. Well, why not? Because we said so. <laughs> and then it's like, but you didn't really say anything. Like, well, I said what I said. Don't worry about it. It's like, well, you can't <laughs> argue with that. They just stonewall you. Every time. For many still searching for answers, preserving Kennedy's legacy involves getting to the truth of what happened and who was responsible for his death on November 22, 1963. One of the 35th president's most famous quotes printed on the wall of the museum is a reminder why the truth is so important. History, after all, is the memory of a nation. And they're trying to gaslight our memories. <laughs> they're trying to gaslight all of us that we don't know what we're talking about. Rude. So what do we think? Oh, uh, I got a lot to say. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, we're like, I'm sorry. You're going to have to hold the next show. Heather's on a rant she's right been now. She's for an hour and a half. She's feral. No one can get her off the stage. <laughs> when they try to take the mic from me, I'll bite them. <laughs> uh, for real. No, the really sad part, I got really bummed when uh, we were researching this because we covered JFK before, but more information since our Jovember F. Kennedy has come out. So just looking into, and also we didn't include all of the wackiest theories we talked about today, but like the new um, Oliver Stone documentary, um, the JFK revisited it's phenomenal but what that really did I was like <laughs> sobbing by the end because it makes you realize they did Jack dirty they did him dirty because his whole entire target on his back was because how much he wanted to foster international relationships and how the CIA before Kennedy really like slashed the budget and kicked them out 
was really trying to become Team America World Police and like go out and for reasons they thought were important, but it's like you were not elected as president. You were appointed. You serve at the pleasure of the president. And it just comes kind of down to like, well, if you want power, greed, money, Dominic Dunn. (laughs) Wars are fought over (laughs) all the time. Yeah. No, but for real. And so when you find out the why, I think it's pretty, that's how you can go, okay, who was pulling the trigger and who did the dirty work for the CIA the mafia and CIA agents and George H.W. Bush, it turns out, if you look that up. Um. <laughs> it, nothing changed after this. Nah. Let's make that clear. It's not like they're like, well, we fucked that up. Everybody knows now we got to be keep our noses clean yeah. for the rest of the time. It's like, oh, that worked. What else can we get away right? with? Or you, you're George H.W. Bush working in the low ranks of the CIA and going, oh, they're willing to just let a mafia person or let a, a hired hitman kill the president. Now I'm the president. Hi, it's so nice to work with you. <laughs> we are waiting agreeing. for this for so long. But it has been crazy to me to see even even Donald Trump saying like you're going to get all the Kennedy documents from me. He the the records act said everything had to come out in October of 2017. Trump pushed it for a few years citing national security. Biden, it's like almost before they get to look at the stuff, they're like we'll tell the public everything. And then they look and they're like, "Oh, we are fucked if anyone finds mm-hmm. this out." And they're like, "COVID happened and I've been busy and things are messy. Did you bring my bag?" Of my items. Oh, man. Clutch husband. (laughs) Just in time, so for what do we think? Oh, yes. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, I brought my model in case we needed it. Oh, yes. This is another uh, oddity Heather has in her house of curiosities. This is a pin holder that is a replication of the Texas Depository. And the street. Somebody made this, and then probably more than one. Heather got it at a curiosity shop. This is from. It's called Curiosities in East Dallas. I'll go back up to the table because it looks like the camera can also show you, and not just my hands. You don't want to go out into the crowd and just pass it around to everybody. I'm just gonna be holding this. If you come up and say hi to me later, I'm gonna be like, so which one did you think it was? Sinisterhood. We'll be right back. Now we get to the DVDs. The $10 DVD. Yeah. Uh, Mark A. Oaks, producer on the trail of the mystery FBI man, an eyewitness video one, two, and three, personal interviews and lectures. He also leaves his personal email in case anybody would like to get in contact with him. He's uh, He can also provide lectures, but there's copies. But one of the important things that we saw in there when we did watch it and beyond just the chaos and the... Honestly, it's... I, I said, if, you're, if you've got a fringe belief, you got to package it so it doesn't look like you're an insane person. If you want people to take you seriously. And his information is not packaged that way. But it's very good, insightful information that a lot of the uh, news footage from back then, I mean, he has found like multiple interviews with uh, FBI agents and Pascal woman. And Patsy Pascal. So you, if you're, allow me to use this as a... <laughs> but for Would real, you like me to hold yes, it you for hold you it. so you can hold the mic and, and then so demonstrate what you're trying to say? The Old Red Courthouse is here where, on this corner where I'm at. And so we have footage from like the Zapruder footage was shot from up there, like over the grassy knoll with the car coming at him. Patsy Pascal's footage shot from the Old Red Courthouse. She was a court clerk and in the room with her was the deputy of like a bailiff. So, you know, she's not up there doctoring footage. And she shot with her little Bell and Howell camera 
camera. It was so cute. And she like, she still had, well, in 1992, she still had it. I'm not sure. She still does. She still had it. But it showed, allegedly it shows, and you see in, when you go down to meet Mark, if you want to meet him, he's really, really nice. Seriously, if you meet him, he's a Dallas legend. If you're mean to him, we will fight you because he <laughs> truly believes this and is also not wrong about a lot of stuff. It's just a presentation that we can maybe help with. <laughs> but that's why we're here to tell you the truth. But the footage sh- shows what I think, at least, is flashes, muzzle flashes from the grassy knoll. And she said that the Warren Commission subpoenaed her tape, which is true, and then just never mentioned it in the files. Mark has... But she was smart enough to give the original copy to her lawyer who kept it in a lockbox in his office. So Because so many of the tapes, people just wouldn't get back. Which, or get damaged. How pissed would you be if you're like, I had footage of the actual assassination, or even if maybe you didn't catch that, but Kennedy just going by on the motorcade, mm-hmm. that's very historical to have, and they just wouldn't get it back or it would get lost or somehow it would return damage to them. So she held on to the original copy. And that's what I think the government was not aware of the prevalence of cameras that day. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were going around trying to get everybody's footage. So at the sixth floor museum, they have a whole lineup of all the cameras and like, why isn't Patsy Pascal's camera there? Why isn't her footage like shown on there? She has the rights to it and was saying Abraham Zapruder got $16 million for his film, actually from the U S government. So I think she wanted to get paid for it, which is not, I mean, it's a family heirloom. I I don't fault her, but at least that footage that Mark will play for you on the DVD player that he has stationed on his table. Yes, he has a DVD player. (laughs) I feel like her footage really does show the three flashes and Nellie Connolly, a ton of the acoustical experts and um, Patsy Pascal, who shot the footage. She said, I thought it was firecrackers. It went pop, pop, pop. And when you watch the lights flash, it goes flash, flash, flash. And she said that the deputy with her in the room was like, baby, that's not fircrackers. She's like, how stupid. And first she's of all, don't call me, baby. First of all, don't call <laughs> Even me, though kid. it's 1963, um, let's have a little respect. <laughs> I'm your colleague, sir, and I'm filming. <laughs> um, but she was saying that she thought what, and she said it on uh, Fox 4 News. Half of this was like a Fox 4 News interview, which you could probably find on YouTube if you type in Patsy Pascal. But she was saying, I thought somebody was so stupid to be doing that. And then I was like, oh, it's like so sad. Like on 9-11, I really did. I was like, I can't believe they crashed. Like, I can't believe someone didn't see that building. Mm -hmm. And it's just that innocence of like, no, 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 that was on purpose. It was like, those were not firecrackers. But what Christy was saying about them editing the footage and stuff, Patsy's footage was taken. She had a copy, thankfully. Another, Abraham Zapruder's footage was taken. When he got it back, he claims frames were removed. Mm -hmm. And the government did not know of the existence of, I think it was Mark Nix's footage that kind of time-wise matched with Abraham Zapruder and using that, you see, yeah, they clipped out a couple of frames because they, for whatever reason, was it showing smoke on the grassy knoll? Was it showing it on the triple overpass? I think it was a triangulation of shooters. Well, and, and Zapruder had always said he heard the shots from behind him and he got up and ran away from the grassy knoll and uh, Patsy's footage, he's in her he's footage. Like, and you see him immediately get yeah. up and take off, so it corroborates what his story was right. as well. And it's like nobody ever thought he didn't do it, but it's fascinating to see, like, nope, that's exactly... And so Their you memories, have- even though it was so long ago, something like that is so burned in your memory that... It's not like they're misremembering it the, all these years later. And, like, why would she make it up? She didn't tell anyone she'd shot it in 1963. She was very it- scared. She was terrified something was going to happen to her, which is also indicative that, like, you put two and two together that somebody 
somebody that's higher up than me had this done, and yeah. if they know I have proof of it, what could happen to me? Well, it's like they did that to him, and he was the fucking president with the Secret Service. I'm some lady in my house in Garland. Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so she was very right to be afraid, and so she gave it to her lawyer who kept it for 30 years, and it wasn't until, like, the mid-'90s she started working with Mark Oaks. And this is, it's a really fine line between being the woman standing over the man with the desk with the pouches full of weird papers to becoming the person rifling through your own pouches of papers going, let me show you. Hang on. It's right in here. It's right. I have the, I have the evidence, but for real, I rifled through my bag. <laughs> um, but this is a, a copy, an FBI document that references Patsy's footage, but then there's an, an entire redaction that to this day still hasn't been unredacted. So I think until we get, far enough removed where there enough of the players are dead i don't think all of it's going to come out but i think it's it's really difficult when a lot of the forensic evidence the political climate as, as far as like being very willing to assassinate world leaders and then the political uh, i'm sorry and then just the physical forensics around it i think it supports snipers from i think if it wasn't oswald someone was in the sixth floor i think oswald was a patsy yes. i do think that he made connections with the kgb when he was in the soviet union he was a communist i think they kind of made him feel like he was going to be the one doing this today and you know made him feel like you're the one you you got you this. part of this yeah it, even in their documents they claim he was mentally unstable and that they didn't uh ask him to be a member of the kgb but i think he thought he was going to be the one but they really had these other um the tramps back there to complete the deal but oswald was going to take the fall because he was essentially a nobody yeah. And they they know that, you know, they're, and then they're like, well, we also know we're going to hire Jack Ruby to kill him a few yeah. days from now. Jack will do so it <laughs> doesn't really matter. He's not going to be able to talk. So, yeah, I think it was a combination of the CIA and the KGB and the mafia all kind of like, working together in their, own, in their own factions to um, to get this done. But I do think Oswald was up there. I don't think that he was the lone shooter. I just don't see how that would be possible. Yeah, it feels like it is uh, forensically impossible for it to be a lone shooter, whether the one from the depository was Oswald or if he was just at work that day and they're like, get him. And he's like, I'm going to the movies. Fuck. <laughs> um, don't don't go to the movies. But I, it was really sad to hear Jackie when it came out that it was Oswald after the Warren Commission. And she said he didn't even get to die for civil rights. It had to just be some silly communist. And that's just so heartbreaking mm -hmm. that like they were willing, he was willing to give his life for something like making the world a better place. They said you can know a person's foreign policy by how many foreign stats or how many statues of them there are in foreign countries. And there's a Kennedy Boulevard in a ton of different countries. So he was trying to really bring us together. And the military industrial complex was like, we want wars and we want money. Go away, mm -hmm. hippie man. And the mafia, he owed the mafia a lot and uh, they got their money. But if you want to go see it, there's the X. Yep. It is. Uh, There's some arguments. <laughs> there, um, people like to passive aggressively fight with their graffiti tags. <laughs> where <laughs> did these shots take place? But it's always there. It's so, there. yeah, y'all are right around here. So uh, has, has anyone here been over to the Grassy Knoll and been over there? Oh, a lot of them. Yeah. Good, good. Well, uh, send Mark our regards. But <laughs> I think that on a, a final wrap up note, it's hard with stuff like this because I, I think they say this was kind of the beginning of the modern conspiracy mm -hmm. theory. And it's because in the face of overwhelming provable forensic evidence to have the government say, no, actually, the, it's actually uh, 
two plus two is five, it sort of makes you feel a little bit like, I'm going to tear my hair out. It makes me feel that way, at least. You're being gaslit, yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, for sure. And then... Uh, that opened the way to so many more dangerous conspiracy are. theories. And now we've got, yeah, QAnon and everything. And that was kind of the gateway to all of that. But there we are. Well, the truth about Kennedy. Thank you so much for being with us today. <laughs> thank you all so much for coming. You've been you, so awesome. And this thank is our you. hometown. So we were so happy to be a part of this. Y'all enjoy the rest of your day and this beautiful weather. Thank you all so much. Keep it creepy. Well, if you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. If you join for free to so we're up to next, like we said up top, you'll get notified as soon as we post the video from this episode. You can also dive into over 500 hours of other bonus content. We had a recent live stream where we answered questions about our very first definitely not our last paranormal investigation aboard the battleship North Carolina. The replay is available now for all subscribers at five bucks and up. And for recent patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show and make sure you stick around after our sign offs to hear your shout out. You can also head to sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out Sinisterhood merch like t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, and even clothes for your kiddos. And for a limited time, orders over on our TikTok shop. Some are $20 off, some have free shipping. They're, they're running different sales and all kinds of stuff. So if you've uh, been wanting to get you something from Sinisterhood, maybe try and check out TikTok, see if you can get it on sale, or head over to our website and click shop on the top banner. Got some nice hoodies, crew neck sweatshirts, beanies, mm-hmm. some stuff. It's getting colder. It's it's getting colder to us. A lot of listeners are like, bitch, it's been cold for months. But in Texas, <laughs> like, it's still like a balmy 75 yeah. most days. So. If it gets like below 60 or even like in the 60s, we're like, oh, it's so frigid out mm-hmm. here. And it's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> While you're at Sinisterhood.com, you can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description for more fun like topic-based playlists and links to live show tickets. You can follow us on Instagram, X, and Threads at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. And check out the slideshow with the Easter eggs over on our YouTube channel as well as our TikTok. And visit us at Cameo.com. Search Sinisterhood to order your custom video shout out. We could say happy birthday, happy anniversary. Here's what really happened to JFK. Whatever you (laughs) want, kind of a message that we need to deliver for you, we would love to do it. So go to Cameo.com and order your uh, personalized video shout out today. It's a great gift for the holidays. If you're like me and you it gets away from me every year. It's not like I don't know when Christmas is. It happens the same time every year. But there's so many other birthdays and events that are going on that I find myself, you know, it's like a week before and I'm like, oh, <gasps> yep. So it's a you, we have 24-hour turnaround. And mm-hmm. I also am a person that loves like an experience gift, what more can you experience than us just talking to <laughs> the phone, telling you whatever you want? I mean, that's the experience of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs>
It's slightly different because he's actually a celebrity, but I will say as the recipient of a cameo from Zach Guilford, I quite nearly died. It was the most <laughs> amazing thing I've ever seen and heard. The feeling of just somebody that you've heard talk about something else saying your name is very thrilling. So mm-hmm. I can't promise that we will thrill you as much as Zach Guilford, but I'll for damn sure try. <laughs> <laughs> we will try. We can promise you that we will try. <laughs> Well, I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather, where are you at? I'm on the computer at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Kirsten Giles. Claire. Cassidy White. Miranda Fincher. Lisa Showalter. M. Saul. Ashley Chung. Kirsten Linder. Mandy Patel. Dre, Jessica Fry, Carrie Conklin, Sandy Stoffaker. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We could not do this without you. We sincerely appreciate and love every single one of you. We hope we pronounced your names correctly. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs> Sinister Hood